Hey everybody, this is Nick Chacon and you're listening to another DMN one-on-one podcast. I'm joined today by Jason Beckerman, CEO and co-founder of Unified, a social data and intelligence platform with offices across the U.S. Jason oversees all product, technology, and organizational strategy at Unified, and he also has experience working in financial services and enterprise software, having held positions at Merrill Lynch, Siebel, and Salesforce. Jason, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. So, um, so today we're going to be talking a little bit about the tricky process of navigating the marketing budget as it relates to social media marketing. Um, drawing on your expertise across the board, we know that social spend is up, um, generally speaking, but there are a lot of radically different strategies being implemented. Maybe just start off by um, putting the landscape in perspective as it currently stands for us. Yeah, so I think the, the way to think about it is what type of company are you? Um, if you're a very small direct-to-consumer company, it's likely that most of the spending that you're doing is living inside the walls of your, of your company. Uh, if you're a larger enterprise, um, which are the types of companies that we typically focus on, uh, you likely have many different agencies, whether it be creative or media agencies that are ultimately doing a lot of different things for you. And keeping all of those entities aligned in just the United States is very challenging. Uh, when you start to think about bridging that out to a global enterprise where some of these companies that we work with have 20, 30, 40 agencies across the globe mm. and different brand units who all want to do things a slightly different way, and there's good reasons for why they want to do it that way, um, the challenge becomes coordination and transparency uh, to basically have a, a good vantage point into what's actually working, what's not working. Uh, and we see a lot of companies who ultimately are struggling with that today. Mm. Yeah. and. It- Obviously, determining what's working and what's not working, it's often said that you need to be both flexible and sort of proactive about things. Talk to me a little bit about how in the world you approach doing those two things. Yeah, so I think the having data, uh, and not data for targeting or uh, managing customer data or anything along those lines. Uh, when I say data, I really talk about performance data. So having a real-time feedback loop. Uh, a lot of the customers that we work with, um, prior to us getting involved, they've literally waited 30 days to get performance data back on an investment that they've made. Uh, we treat everything like an investment. Uh, and so if you've made, if you give your financial advisor a dollar and all of a sudden you get back 75 cents, you're probably not gonna stay with that financial advisor for very long. Um, that's kind of the way the marketing world has existed for the past 50 years. People spent a lot of money on marketing channels and didn't really get a lot in return as far as understanding what worked and what didn't work. That has obviously drastically changed in the world of digital and social specifically, um, but getting that data set, that performance data, out of your supply chain is a very, very complicated thing. Um, and so a lot of the brands that are out there spend a ton of money on infrastructure in order to align all of the different supply chain pieces, um, but many of them are still struggling to get it right. Mm. So tra- trace that trajectory for me, you know, uh, sort of onboarding performance data to translating that to where should our dollars be going. Um, talk to me a little bit about sort of that process of, of I mean, it's one thing to have the data, mm-hmm. um, it's another thing to sort of make sense of it. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that, yeah, like what's, so what's critical there. I think when you have raw data, right, which comes back from all of these social platforms, so um, as the data comes back, you really have the opportunity to look at your investment under three different lenses. One, what did you buy and what did you get as a result of it, whether it be video views or impressions or conversions. Uh, two, from an audience perspective, what 
worked, what didn't work, which audiences actually converted and which ones didn't. Uh, and then from a content creative perspective, same exact thing, what worked and what didn't. Um, some of that needs to be looked at in the rears. When a campaign is done, you can kind of look at it from a wrap-up perspective, but a lot of it actually should be happening in real time. Your campaign managers that are working for you, whether they be inside the walls of your own company or they end up being at an agency, you need to make sure that they're looking at your budgets every single day, that they're rebalancing those budgets across the combinations of audiences and creatives that are ultimately working best to drive whatever KPI or result you want from a business perspective. A lot of the times those things are not happening at all. And mm -hmm. so people launch campaigns because, you know, look in the television world, you launch a campaign and it runs and you hope that you get sales somewhere down the road, right? Social is a far more, you know, proactive marketplace in the sense that you can be making changes on a daily basis. But that means that there needs to be a human being sitting there making those changes or you need to be using a piece of software that ultimately does that for you um, in order to maximize the yield of the investments that you're making. Um, and so a lot of the times without having that real-time capability to sort of have oversight over your agency partners to really kind of see what they're doing, um, it might be set it and forget it. Uh, and when we actually get data uh, into our universe and we actually start to be able to plow through it and see it, a lot of the times people are just like not taking advantage of the, the marketplace dynamics that are out there. Um, they're not pacing evenly. Uh, they're, you know, they're, they're ostensibly spending a lot of money on the first day, realizing that it was a mistake, and then shutting the campaign off or, or going down to a very small amount of investment over the course of the rest of the flight, and then finishing up the campaign on the last day, which is like you, you, you accomplished your first task, which was spending the money, but you clearly didn't do it in a way that was driving enterprise value for the company who's paying you. Um, and that's what I think a lot of marketers are starting to realize that through data, not only can you make better decisions, but you can have better accountability of you know the, the, the vendors who exist in your supply chain. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, what, talk, talk to me a little bit more about what are some of the ways that you can sort of demonstrate the value of your strategy to senior leadership when you're, when you're looking to sort of uh, allocate spending? At the end of the day, I think sales talks. So um, there's sort of three buckets that, that we typically look at. One is acquisition, so finding new people who haven't engaged with your, you know, your company before. Um, one, another one is retention and loyalty. How do we drive people to come back over and over and over again or you know, stay loyal to our brand versus going to a completely separate brand? Um, and then there's just overall awareness, right? So as you're launching new products, um, how do you make sure that people in the market know that that product was launched and that it's something that they might be interested in? The art of social is that they're not all separate funnels. You can actually start to connect audiences through the funnel. So you might run an awareness campaign to drive people to understand more about a product launch that you're, you're having or uh, an application that you're launching within an app store that you want people to download. And that becomes an awareness buy. You can then retarget those people and actually push them to the next layer of the funnel, which is great, they now installed the application, they're now a new customer for us. After that, if they haven't come back in two weeks, you want to re-engage those people with another campaign that ultimately drives them to come back to that application to create a loyalty experience. Ultimately, there might be a purchase event in that app, and that might be a completely separate campaign that you ultimately run. Social media, people think of it still, I think, in terms of organic and you know the sort of community management side of things. Um, that has dwindled significantly over the last seven years in the sense that you used to be able to reach 13 to 14% of your fan page audience whenever you publish something. Now it's a fraction of a percentage point. So it really is a pay to play ecosystem, at least on the larger platforms. Some of the newer ones have some more organic opportunities like Pinterest uh, is very much an organic channel still. Great paid products, but you can get a lot of organic distribution still there. Facebook, you can't. And so you really have to think about how do you create your funnel and how do you drive people from one stage to the next stage? 
at the end of the day, when you think about a CFO giving a marketer a, a budget, there's gotta be a positive ROI. So you have to be able to measure down to a true impact. Some companies have an easier time doing that. Telco, automotive, anyone that has a rich first party data set that they can see someone saw an ad and then ended up doing something with our organization. CPG companies, entertainment companies have a much harder time with that. Um, but there are third party data products out there that kind of help uh, you know, understand what the impact of those investments are. Mm. Yeah, and it's like you said, it's it's sort of it's. I'm sure there's that a lot of this uh, performance-driven uh, approach differs based on the size of the company and mm-hmm. sort of uh, industry and all these other variables. Um, but I wonder, even in spite of that, sort of these differences in, in uh, specific issues that face specific companies. Do you find in your experience that there's sort of like a, some sort of missing link that, that everyone's not really um, kind of, uh, a missing link that sort of needs to be addressed before anything else can be um, in terms of applying a social strategy there? I think data visibility and transparency is critical, especially for the larger companies. A lot of larger companies, just because of how the marketing world has worked for, again, the past like 50 or so years, everything gets outsourced uh, mm-hmm. to a variety of different agencies and vendors who are working collaboratively together to deploy investment into market. And that's not just advertising investment, that's the content that went into it. If you're paying for third-party data fees, um, you know, it, 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 connecting the tissue between all of these different suppliers and making sure that they're all uh, using one centralized source of data to understand what decisions they should make. You can't make any performance improvements until you have transparency into what you're doing. And a lot of these companies today don't even have that. So it's almost a requisite to your point. Like you have to have transparency into what's happening in order to strategically start to make performance improvements. A lot of people jump to the performance side of things and they're like, we're just gonna like make changes and get more out of the money we're spending before they actually have taken a look at all of the rich data that's coming back from these platforms. People are getting a lot smarter about it over time. But when we started the company seven years ago, it was a time where people were buying likes still. They didn't know why they were buying them, but they were buying them blindly because they thought that they were going to be really important in the future. Uh, and then, of course, everyone knows how that ended. You know, it likes are you know not as valuable as they once were, and people are now focused on business outcomes. Uh, and so, the more that you can trace the line down to an actual ROI, um, the more people are going to be able to use data to you know in, in implement improvements in that ROI. Um, but without having transparency into the data of what people are doing to spend your money today you can't make any performance improvements. Right. And it's interesting because, uh, like you've said, so much of, um, you know, these different platforms like Pinterest and and the the challenges that are unique to each of those, it seems that um, many companies will take the stance that, you know, trial and error is our friend. Um, We're going to be creative about our approach and, and, you know, off they go. what uh, what's sort of the relationship between that sort of um, you know uh, that creative strategy and, and the perform performance data that, that sort of you're saying is like the missing piece to all of this? I mean, how do you how does one translate to the other? So creative is the uh, the the thing that people experience when you're paying money to get that ad in front of people's faces, right? So the feedback loop to the creative agencies that are producing all of this content or content providers in general, a lot of people are starting to use non-traditional creative agencies. Um, That feedback loop of data is critical. 
because if, if the creative agencies or creative partners are producing creative in a vacuum and not actually leveraging data that's coming back in real time to understand what's working and what's not, then they're just basically checking the box on producing the creative asset, but they're not actually thinking through what's really going to resonate and work. Um, and so creating a feedback loop of being able to enable the creative partners to have access to data in real time so that as campaigns are running, you might find, hey, you know, this version of the creative's not working, this version is, let's create five new versions of that creative that is working and put them into market and then see of the six that are now in market, which one's gonna work best. And so it's, it's a constant iteration as you're actually in the life cycle of the campaign. Um, it should not be something that you look at, you know, 30 days uh, in the rears, uh, which is the way a lot of, uh, of, of things happen today. The other thing is that there's a lot of politics around um, creative agency versus media agency. And media agencies who are running the advertising spend not wanting creative partners to have access to that data because they view it as proprietary. Uh, and then you've got this like this political situation where you know, media agencies don't want to share it with creative. Creative then says that they can't do their job because they're not getting data from the media agency. Um, and that's where our belief is that the brand really needs to have centralized ownership of their data set to give the data to whoever needs to have access to it in order to make better decisions and ultimately increase ROI for the brand. Um, and so we think democratization of data across the supply chain leads to performance improvements, even if you don't actually run a better campaign. Mm. But just having all the parties on the same page, it, it leads to dramatic performance improvements and just alignment. Mm. Um, I want to get your, we're coming up on time, but I want to I get your take on um, this idea of an experimentation fund being built into the budget. Um, what, what's your take on that as, as an idea, as something worth uh, pitching? and what, uh, in your experience, what, what seems to be something that's sort of worth experimenting with right now? So that's a very broad question um, because there's so much that people are not doing still in this marketplace. I mean, there's new platforms to experiment with, like the Pinterest and the Snapchats of the world, and even people who are a little further out, like the QRs and Reddits of the world, are starting to open up their ad platforms as well. They're obviously very, very early. Uh, Pinterest and Snapchat are, are a little bit uh, deeper in the investment cycle, I would say. Um, but then you look at formats. Uh, and so something like the Stories format, which really exists on Facebook as well as on Snapchat, right? The full vertical video that takes over your entire phone. That's an experiment in and of itself. Um, experimenting on things like Messenger is an experiment in and of itself. Uh, you know, Facebook has been launching verticalized uh, dynamic product offerings where um, they have one for auto, they have one for travel. So if you're in those verticals, experimenting with those products really it makes a big difference. Um, what I would say is in general, these platforms are changing so fast. They're launching new metrics uh, and new products all the time. You know, the reason that Facebook and Snapchat are moving towards the stories format is you can imagine everyone moved from desktop to mobile. Snapchat never even had a desktop experience, but like, you know, Facebook moved from desktop to mobile. The next jump is gonna be to VR and AR. It's almost like no one knows when that's gonna actually happen. But when it does happen, there's not gonna be a newsfeed in front of your face where you're you know, flicking forward and, and seeing a newsfeed go. And so that format's going to be far more beneficial to the next computing paradigm. But when that computing paradigm actually hits and when consumers really adopt is sort of a question mark at this point. So marketers need to sort of test that format, start to understand how to do creative storytelling in this new format that's completely different than what existed before, but really sort of maintain the maximum of their budget for things that they know are driving ROI today. Um, but brands who don't really focus on the future will sort of be playing catch up once again. And that sounds just like sort of where we started with that flexibility and, and uh, being proactive. Absolutely. 
Well, um, we're about at time right now. Jason, I just wanted to thank you again for coming in. Um, it was a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah.